0: So, yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, It's nice to be starting another turn of the meditation crank, as it were, turn of the wheel. And yeah, like I mentioned, I've led a couple groups now through this process here. This is maybe even my sixth time doing it here. I'm not exactly sure. Um, But yeah, every time it's always different. We always kind of tackle it from a little bit of a different angle that depends on. All the people present and also kind of whatever I've been going through in my life that I can kind of work into it and something that those people that have been to these classes before um, could tell you is that this class is more than just about how to meditate it's really about how to live life it's how to be alive this is kind of an important aspect of the practice which It took me longer than it probably should have to figure out in the monastery. And it's that you really have one mind, right? That there's this mind, and you can sit in this room and do this thing called meditation. But then when you leave this room and you get back into your car, it's still you doing that. And if you go home and, you know, are busy or fighting with people, and then you go to work and you're miserable and you don't really want to be there and all this, and then you're rushing around, and planning, and worrying, and stressing, and then you come back into this room, and you try to meditate again, and you're like, why isn't it working, Um, you know, I I meditated last week, and I'm now meditating this week, and why isn't it happening, Um, it's because it's all the same mind, right, so the same way, like, you need to take care of your home, like, your bedroom, your apartment, whatever, you need to do the dishes, make the bed, you know, keep it clean, keep it tidy. You know, it's not that only once a week you can, you know, tidy it and then the next week you look and you say, hey, why is it dirty again? You know, it wouldn't make any sense if you think about it in terms of like a physical space. But our mind is the same way, is that we take these classes to kind of clean our mind out a little bit, to kind of settle a little bit, to relax a little bit. Um, But then as soon as we leave this room, we also slowly have to become mindful about our lives as well. What is the junk that we're kind of putting in? What are our habitual ways of reacting and relating to life? That brought us to the point that we needed to spend our Tuesday night sitting in a dark auditorium in a middle school listening about meditation, right? So slowly, the point of these classes is that I'm going to also help integrate what we're learning here with your lives through these teachings, through these talks as well. Um, So again, as this is the first talk, I'll just kind of give you the very basic rundown of what this is, what is practice, what is meditation. And one of the easiest ways that i found to describe it, it's to already kind of look at what... We've already started the process, I guess I'll say it like that. So what I mean by that is... We each one of us individually were in our daily lives, right? So we have our jobs, our house, people around us, all this stuff going on. And then we said, hey, you know, this is really busy. This is really complex. There's a lot going on here. Uh, I'm not entirely happy with all of this. Something needs to change. I'm going to do this thing called meditation. And you removed yourself from that daily life And you plopped yourself into this room, okay? So that process of kind of taking a step back from your life, like a retreat, yeah? Like you found solitude, right? You moved away from your daily life, and now we're in this room together. And, ah, it's so quiet around us, right? okay, God, I don't have to answer my phone or talk to my kids or deal with anybody yelling at me for anything. It's all out there, phew. Yeah, like this moment of rest, almost like you've landed on a rock in the middle of a river and you can kind of plop yourself on it and, wow, breathe and just kind of recover, right? So we've taken the step inwards, right? That we're not completely focused outside in our lives. We took a step towards ourselves by coming into this room, by cutting off all that stuff. So now we're sitting here in the circle, right? And you're still here in the space, and you're still looking through your eyes and hearing through your ears and thinking, and you're still connecting to the world through your senses, and you have your social dynamic. So you have to still kind of present yourself a little bit because we're in a group. You know, you're not like lying, scratching your butt, kind of, you know, you're still, you know, we're still like in the social world. But then the next step is that we then close our eyes, right? Close our eyes, close the mouth, close the body, and then we take another step in. Okay, so do you see that? So we took a step in from our daily lives, and now we're in this room. And then you take another step in, and then you're inside of the body, inside of the mind. From that place, we'll then further take steps in. So as we start to practice, you will eventually realize that the feeling of the body, the body perception, actually drops away. That you'll take a step in, and then it'll just be kind of the thoughts and the feelings. Then eventually when the mind starts to get more relaxed, more peaceful, more refined, even the thoughts start to drop away in chunks and in sections and you start to have these periods of just kind of peace and space, excuse me, peace and spaciousness, yeah. And then even the feelings and then the movement starts to drop away. And then there's really just the space and then even the sense of me starts to drop away and it starts to get just to this really bare kind of awareness this really beautiful spacious just being this beingness that's actually at the core of all of your experiences already i really like meditation being referred to as coming home because the more that you meditate the more you start getting in touch with that place of being the more you feel, my God, this feels so familiar. This doesn't feel like I'm doing and learning a new thing. It's almost like, yeah, this is like a place that I've been before. And it's in a, in a weird way. It's like, I don't did I visit this place as I'm falling asleep or as I'm waking up or before I was born? When have I been here? This is so familiar. And it's because we've taken a step back and a step back and a step back and a step back until you can't take any more steps back, until you're with the most subtle, kind of elemental um, part of this human experience. So it's kind of like a funnel, if you will. And if you think about the word concentration, the word concentration, a concentration of something, it's when something is gathered together, when something is dense, it is concentrated. Yeah, we learned that in chemistry, a concentrated substance. So also a concentrated mind is when the mind comes together. Yeah, the mind comes together. And when the mind comes together, it becomes stronger, it becomes clearer, it becomes more unified, it also starts to become more peaceful, and it also starts to become still. Because if you think about it, normally when you're having a thought you are also listening to that thought so in our daily lives our mind is in some kind of like a reflexive state where the mind is looking at the mind that the mind is splintered it's broken up into parts right i feel sad right i'm thinking about pizza right I'm looking at you. That there's always this quality of like me and then the doing and then the thing that's being looked at or done and received or felt. But if you think about this, like I feel sad, who's the I that's separate from the sadness? Yeah, Eckhart Tolle said once he was really depressed when he was a kid and he thought, you know. He had his big breakthrough because he was up at night and he's like, You know, I really hate myself. And he just kind of stopped and he's like, Who am I and who's myself? What are these two different voices in me? What do you mean? There's not an I and then a myself, then the I hates the myself. Like, it's all the same thing. And he said this kind of triggered him in the really deep realization. And we notice that we break the mind off into pieces and parts. And it's actually not concentrated. It's actually still very much in different parts and in different sections and living very strongly in duality and inside and outside and me and not me. And a really deeply concentrated, unified mind, all of those walls, those perceptual veils start to drop away and everything really just starts to come together in this place of oneness that is just one state of being. There's nothing separate from it. The only separation are the ones that we create. So when I use the word concentration, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I I know that word. That's what I did in math class when I was a kid, right? And I'd say, how was math class? And you'd say, oh, it was terrible. Why was math class terrible? Well, you know, we were sitting there and forcing myself to try to like, listen and understand this thing, to, to concentrate the mind so it could listen to what was being said. And it was exhausting and it was hard and it wasn't really a good time. And this is a really important reflection to make because concentration, it's just when the mind comes together. But why we're here is how How are we concentrating? How do we bring the mind together? So there's a wrong way to do that and a right way to do that. I could probably give this talk every single meditation class, and I would still have people raising their hand and asking me a question, and I could just point at them and say, that's because you're still concentrating the wrong way. Because we've learned to concentrate the wrong way. The wrong way of concentrating is when we take hold of our mind and we force it into a direction that we want it to go, that we think it should be going, right? So even as I'm sitting here and talking, maybe you're getting bored, right? Maybe your mind is bouncing around. You're looking at different things. You're kind of like in and out of actually being here, right? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this meditation class. And you're grabbing your mind and, again, putting it back onto me, And after a few minutes, it's like, okay, and it's looking around again, right? This will happen in your practice. You'll be sitting there meditating, right? I'll say, feel your breath, and you'll be feeling your breath, and suddenly your mind's going to be off somewhere, and you guys are going to grab your mind, and no, you're supposed to be with the breath, and then it goes off. No, you're supposed to be with the breath. Yeah, this very kind of like forceful, very kind of like hands-on, like you're a bouncer, like pushing somebody. I guess you're not pushing them out. You're trying to push them in. You're pushing the thoughts out. You're trying to, you know. Secret service, maybe, right? Protect the peace. Push away the intrusion. Yeah? So that way of trying to concentrate the mind, although it momentarily seems successful, yes, you're right. You can grab your mind and force it into the present moment. If, um, if you had to, right? If I was giving you important instructions, there's a bomb, here's how to defuse the bomb, You'd be like, okay, I'm going to listen to this fully right now because my life depends on it. I'm not going to be like thinking about what I'm eating for dinner tonight after I leave here. You're going to be fully present on that, right? So there's times where it's good that we can kind of take the mind and be like, okay, listen, Seth, this is important. Stay here right now. But it's not really sustainable over longer periods of time because it involves force. It involves willpower. It involves like a should energy, right? I should be doing this. Yeah. That it's like you against your mind as if your mind is this one thing and you're over here and you're trying to grab your mind, right? Don't ask me where I'm going. Ask the horse, right? So trying to manhandle the mind is not going to work. And a lot of people they try quote-unquote try meditation for the first time and they try to kind of push the mind where they want it to go to force it it doesn't really work and they say meditation's not for me I give up and they leave they drop out whatever some people I've talked to yeah I tried meditation once in the 60s and it's not my thing you know that they didn't really learn how to do it they kind of tried it the wrong way they didn't get results and then they gave up Um, and that's too bad you know that's too bad so i'm gonna teach you what is the right way to concentrate the mind and this is important for everything you do for your whole life this is kind of how to concentrate the mind so listen up here's the secret How's your mind right now? Super-present? Why is your mind super-present right now? The key to life is about to come to us. And that makes you feel what? Well, it makes me feel peaceful. I don't know how it makes everybody else feel. How do you guys feel? You're about to hear the key to life. What do you feel? <laughs> On the edge of our seat. On the edge of your seats. So, like, excited interested curious curious curious. oh so if something's interesting if something makes you curious what is the mind doing oh it's listening and one could even say that the mind right now then is very Concentrated. concentrated all by itself because you find this interesting because it makes you feel good Oh, this is something that I want to do. It feels nice. What's happening? Ooh, cool. Yeah? And that's the key. Is that you cannot force your mind to be here, but you can trick your mind to be here. Because if your mind finds this moment interesting, if it finds pleasure in this moment, in this place, you'll notice if you hear beautiful music suddenly Ooh, what's that yeah as I was walking in I saw these beautiful purple flowers on the bush in front of the door I kind of stopped wow look at those really telescope visioned in saw them really clearly yeah If something's really nice to us pleasing for our mind comes right in it wants it yeah what is it that stops that what is it that pulls us out of that When you feel bored, when you feel sleepy, when you're irritated, when you're in pain, when you doubt, when you're angry, sad, this restlessness, right? If there's something in the moment that doesn't make you feel good if you're not really feeling it, yeah, this is like the time of day. Sometimes people like around seven o'clock, they get here like, oh, I'm kind of tired, you know, right? The mind's resisting. It doesn't really want to be here. It doesn't really want to be doing it, right? You're sitting in traffic. Don't really want to be there. Want to be at work, but you're not uh, in a conversation with someone that you kind of don't like that much. Or you're going to fight something. Like, oh, you don't really want to be here, right? The mind's trying to escape. Boring meeting, boring talk, boring lecture, right? Oh, Seth is so boring. Your mind goes off, thinks about other things. Right? So anytime that there's something in this moment that's unpleasant for us, whether that's like a physical displeasure, again, sometimes if you feel like tired, if you feel like heavy, it kind of gets, it's like a bit of an, like an irritation. Maybe if you have some emotional stuff going on, like I said, meditation, it's the same mind. So even if before you came here, even if today there was something that kind of rattled your cage a little bit, something that poked you or triggered you, yeah, and you're sitting here, that's still going to be kind of playing in your mind is still going to be kind of spinning because it's not really here because it's still kind of dealing with that feeling of something happened and I don't feel good about that. Yep, ADD, right? So I was diagnosed with ADD in school as well. I was given medication. I took it for like a couple months and then I stopped. Yeah, and I, in retrospect, looked at my ADD and I was like, you know what my real problem was? Was A, I didn't really have a safe home to go to at the end of the day. I didn't really feel understood and supported by the people that were around me. And I didn't really fucking care about anything I was learning in class. That I'd be sitting in this desk, I'd be forced to be there. If I move or get up, I get yelled at, scolded, punished, kicked out. I got kicked out of all of my classes up until college. Even in college, I got kicked out of some classes, fooling around, whatever wasn't interesting for me right because I was trying to force myself didn't work so then I was like well what can I do that makes me feel good I would try to learn my own stuff I try to talk to people I'd start drawing or writing right and I get kicked out and then oh this kid has ADD he can't focus he can't sit still and I would say actually I just feel really kind of sad inside my inner child was very sad my, I was a child so I was just sad at the time and also, you know, I felt that I sit in this room and someone's just talking at me. And it's under the pretense of we're here to teach you something, but I didn't feel like they actually cared about me or even saw me or even made that attempt to see, like, what's going on in these kids, right? Teachers also kind of look depressed, if I had to be honest. I felt like I was, like, on an assembly line, right? Just, okay, these kids come in, here you go, go out. Next kids, go out, right? I'm not saying that for all teachers. <laughs> My mom's a teacher as well, so I saw for myself that when I was diagnosed with ADD, it really wasn't that at all. It was just a complete emotional mismatch. It was that I just didn't want to really be there. You, as soon as school was over, I went outside. I'd play basketball, totally focused the whole game, right? Go off in the forest, hang out with friends. I started reading my own books. When I was in middle school, I went with my dad to the Harvard library and I bought a, or the, the co-op, I think, yeah, and I bought a book on quantum electrodynamics and i read it and understood it when i was like 15 and you know something that i wouldn't you know no one in my class would even understand and if you asked my science teacher they'd say oh seth yeah he's like bottom third of the class kind of slow like not so good yeah but in my own time if something interested me i'd be right there i'd be present with it right i'd engage and how to engage how to naturally be in that state where we're engaged That's kind of what this whole practice is about. It's slowly learning how to be more fully in the present moment. How to stop fighting against things. How to stop resisting things. How to stop thinking that happiness or peace or contentment comes outside of this moment somehow. Or like there's something in this moment. Only if that thing wasn't here, then everything would be okay. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have gotten sick, some people have gotten terminally sick, and that last period of their life, I know some people and they say, this was the most blessed period of my life because they took that sickness and really dropped into, wow, you know, I'm just grateful to be here at all. My God. And they've made this beautiful blessing. They've lived 20 years in like five months because it was so powerful for them because they were so present. And I also know people who have gotten sick and they just get depressed and they get angry and they push everybody away. Yeah, it's the same situation, but the way that you respond to it. Right? So there's some people there, oh, I'm going to die soon. And that becomes this deep, beautiful meditation for them into the rest of their lives. They're not trying to change anything. They're completely there. Some people that are sick. I know some people that are young. They're attractive they're rich, and they're miserable. Yeah, we always think that it's so situation-dependent. Like, as if when everything in my life lines up right, then I'll be happy, then I'll be peaceful. If only that scratch ticket gives me the dollar sign and not the friggin' fish or whatever, like, I'll win. You know, that we think that it's this thing that we can finally get, and then my happily ever after will, right? Then I got my thing. Um, Same thing, people win the lottery. Yeah, they've done studies. They get happier for a little bit and then they go back to the state they were before. We have like famous celebrity deaths happening, right? These really rich and famous, looked up to people committing suicide. Miserable, right? And yet you have all these other people who are like, man, if I could just be rich and famous, then everything would be fine. Yeah, not the case. So... When you really start looking at this whole thing and as you start practicing you really get to this point where you realize the most important thing that you could ever do is make peace with this moment. Make peace with this moment. And this moment is always changing. Yeah, next thing you know we'll be meditating. Next thing you know you'll be driving home. Next thing you know, you'll be waking up tomorrow to start this whole thing again. Yet the moment is always changing. It's flowing. It's morphing. And in each moment, how can I make peace with this moment, with this situation, with this weird ache or pain or feeling in my body, with this emotion that arose, with these thoughts, with this situation? How can I make peace with that? Sometimes making peace is an active process. Sometimes it's a passive process. If I'm sitting here and there's like a a car driving by the parking lot and the music's blaring really loud, nothing I'm going to really be able to do about that. So that's a passive. I let it go, right? That thing's anyway going to be gone in a second, and it is gone. But if that same car came and it stopped and the guy got out of the car with the music blaring and started talking really loud on his phone next to this window, I would stand up and go to the door and say, excuse me, we're meditating in here. Could you do that away On the other side of the parking lot. And then I could sit down and let it go, right? So sometimes we have to be active, right? So a lot of people have the wrong understanding. There's two wrong understandings. Some people are control freaks, maybe some of you in this room. Yeah, we got one right there. Yeah. yeah, control freaks. Thinking that we are the ones that have to do something, fix something. If only I could do this thing better, right, change it, right? A lot of control freaks also feel like um, kind of like a not good enough energy in themselves because they think that they're doing something wrong. Like only if I could do this thing right, then it would work, right? Trying, controlling, forcing, right? Too much active. Yeah, you can never get to the end by being constantly active, forcing, pushing, trying to get, because that's just the ego. We don't actually know what's best, right? We just know what we want and what we think, and if you're controlling, if you have your hands too much, it's like they say, what is it? If you try to open up like a cocoon before it's ready, the butterfly just dies. You know, some things you just have to let go through their process. There's then other people who then see that the world is very active and very controlly, and they say, you know what? I'm just going to be passive peace man. I'm just going to go smoke some pot and hang out and everything's okay. Like Bob Marley says, everything's okay. Yeah, completely passive. Just everything's okay. Yeah, and then you look and you see kids starving on the street. and Everything's definitely not okay. Yeah. If you... See, those everything's okay people, their life is often a mess because they let it go, let it go, let it go, and then they live in garbage, right? They're not, their mind is garbage, usually their environment's garbage. They're not really doing anything, it's just kind of like blah, they're not going anywhere. And they're not necessarily happier than anybody else. Yeah, so overly passive doesn't really work, overly active doesn't really work. But what is that middle way? How do you get to that middle space? Where in each moment you can figure out for yourself, how can I find peace in this moment? What do I need to do to be able to let go and to drop in? If you're sitting here meditating, your leg really hurts, I would say move your leg. Yeah? Don't sit there trying to, okay, make peace, make peace, make peace with it. Yeah, that's called stupidity, right? Yeah, so don't hurt yourself. Yeah, move your leg. But maybe you move your leg and it still hurts. And you move your leg and it still hurts. Then I would say, sit in a chair. Try that. Yeah, be active. Okay, now I'm sitting in a chair. Okay, my leg still hurts. Then I would say, like, yeah, maybe you need to go to a doctor. But for the rest of this meditation class, if there's nothing that you're going to be able to do about that leg, guess what? Now it's a passive object. Now you're going to make peace by saying, I've done my best. Now I just have to let it go. And that's what life is. It's this give and take. When do I need to be active? When do I need to be passive? When do I need to react respond when do I need to let go and you'll start to see this kind of come up in the meditation that there will be times where you'll think oh I need to do more and actually you should be doing less and then you'll see there's times you're just kind of drifting off in the la la land yeah and maybe you should be re-engaging with your posture re-engaging with the breath re-engaging with the presence And you're going to find eventually as we practice together and i promise this is the longest class we're doing two months right eight weeks so this is the longest class i've ever done here i could say after the six week class the people were deep in it so i promise you guys if you stay from now if you continue coming till the end of these classes you will be sitting we will sit for a long time at the end and you'll be like wow so much has changed i can really go deep yeah that you will start to figure it out it'll start to make sense and that takes practice and also you have me to kind of bridge you in so for the meditation today um, the way that we'll probably do it is that i'll lead you in a sitting meditation then maybe i'll lead us in a standing we probably won't do the walking just for time we will do a bit of a standing meditation and then i'll lead us in the sitting meditation again right so you can meditate in different postures as it were Um, I usually ask for these meditations. People don't lie down. Um, Lying down becomes like sleeping meditation, right? If you lay down and you start relaxing, you're going to be snoring in a couple seconds. Yeah, so the way to meditate in this sense is that you are relaxed, right? I'm sitting, I'm totally relaxed, I'm comfortable, it's fine. So my mind can let go, but I'm also erect and I'm upright and I'm aware. And those are the two poles, If you want to talk about like magnetic poles almost is that you balance these two poles on one hand you're awake focused awake aware upright because that would be up here yeah and on the other pole you're relaxed you're letting go softening welcoming opening yeah so when you get that balance that you're awake and relaxed In equal measure, that balance, that's when the mind then drops deeply in. So I'm going to lead you in a guided meditation. I'll walk you through it. I'll do this every single time from now until the end, so don't worry. And yeah, you'll just see for the sitting positions, um, I can talk maybe later more specifically about the right way to sit, quote-unquote. But I would say really just sit in a way that you feel comfortable and stable. Sitting positions, it's also a bit of an experiment. So you're gonna learn over time what works for you, what doesn't work for you. I would definitely say bring some kind of a cushion or something for sitting on the floor because you wanna get your hips up. Yeah, when you get up, then your back is straight. When you're sitting like this, your back kind of hunches and then it's just like uncomfortable. The back compresses, you're kind of falling over. You get tired, everything's kind of like this. Yeah, and again, chairs are available. If you sit in a chair, you are not losing meditation points, as I say. It's not like it really matters. So again, this is just the first class. So for those of you that are super new, really just be easy, be gentle with yourselves, give yourself time, remove any expectations. Yeah, this is, we're in it for the long haul, two months, by the end of two months, I promise you will notice a difference in your mind, but day one, just kind of take it easy and see what happens.